Just one quick announcement before we begin. There'll be another opportunity for written Q&As this, after, uh, this, after, this, evening, this evening at the same time as we did last night. So if you have any further questions, feel free to write them for us. Okay, so in the instructions so far, we've been building a strong foundation of mindfulness of the body and mindfulness of breathing. And we've been inviting you to keep just returning your awareness to what we can think of as the home base of the breath of the body. And this repeated coming back to the home base helps to stabilize the mind to develop samadhi. And then as the mindfulness becomes more stable, more continuous, we can start to include more and more aspects of our experience until eventually nothing is left out of the field of that awareness. And in the Satipatthana Sutta, the classic text that all of these insight teachings come from, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, Mindfulness of the body is the first foundation or first establishment of mindfulness. And the second is what I'd like to spend some time on this morning. The second foundation of mindfulness is mindfulness of feeling tone or Vedana to use the Pali word. And I mentioned feeling tone very briefly in my talk last night as one of the five aggregates subject to clinging. And this feeling tone refers to just the fact that every experience that we have comes with a very automatic recognition of it being either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And then usually from there, if we don't have mindfulness, we go automatically into liking, disliking, or spacing out and not knowing. So Vedana or feeling tone is really the building block, the keystone of all of our reactivity, which is perhaps why the Buddha gave it a whole foundation of mindfulness of its own. So in all of these techniques, what the Buddha is actually inviting us to do is in a way to start to deconstruct our experience so that we don't so easily get caught up in it In fact, one of the translations of the word vipassana, usually translated as insight, it can mean seeing clearly or seeing distinctly, seeing separately. So starting to see how our experience is constructed. And then we can deconstruct it. So sometimes I think of vipassana as being a technique of divide and conquer, because when we can see its component parts, Each of the parts is usually easier to manage than when we're just caught in a whole uh, proliferation. So if we pay attention to experience with a stable mind, we start to notice that in any moment, there's only one of six things happening. A sight, a sound, a smell, a taste, a physical sensation, or a mental sensation, a thought, an emotion, a mood, or a mind state. That's all that's happening moment after moment after moment, a contact at any one of these six sense doors. And then automatically, there's the recognition of those 
experiences as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And, as I said, what usually happens then is if something registers as pleasant, we automatically move into liking, wanting, holding on. Pretty obvious. The opposite, also true. If something's unpleasant, not liking, resisting, trying to get away from it. And if something registers as neither pleasant nor unpleasant, as neutral, we tend to not even notice it. We space out, disconnect. So this feeling tone, I prefer to use the word feeling tone rather than feelings as it's sometimes translated, because in English the word feelings refers also to emotions. But what's pointed to here is, you could say a more primitive uh, reaction before it gets complexified into an emotion. So feeling tone is the first link in a chain reaction that it usually happens just below the level of consciousness. And it can be quite humbling, at least it was for me when I started to pay attention to this quality of feeling tone, because before I heard about Vedana, I had this conceit, you could say, that I was a sophisticated human being with kind of sophisticated responses and complex uh, emotions and so on. But when I started to pay attention to feeling tone, I realized, wow, I'm not that much different from an amoeba, actually. An amoeba is just kind of blobbing towards what it likes and blobbing away from what it doesn't like. And if nothing's going on, it's just blobbing generally. And if we really start to notice what we're doing through the day, we start to see mostly we're moving towards pleasant experiences, moving away from unpleasant experiences, or disconnecting, not knowing when things are neutral. So it's not that we, because most of the time this is happening just below the radar of consciousness, we're not wanting to make this into a big project. You could drive yourself a little bit insane trying to catch every pulse of feeling tone at any one of the six sense doors. But where it can be particularly useful is in working with pain what we ordinarily call pain. So we've been uh, asking you, inviting you with what we call pain to try and just notice the physical characteristics, the sensations of it. So for example, using mental noting to just note, name or know, burning, pulling, heaviness, stabbing, aching, <coughs> numbness, and so on. At times, I've found it in my own practice useful to also just notice, oh, unpleasant, unpleasant feeling tone. And sometimes just that naming, oh, it's just unpleasant, can really help it release. <coughs> so the example, um, one example, if we're not aware of feeling tone, if I was sitting here and I was paying attention to my foot, there was some kind of pain. I might sitting here thinking, wow, my foot really hurts. There's this kind of <coughs> aching pain in my ball of my big toe. You know, I knew I shouldn't have bought those shoes that were half a size too small. That saleswoman was so pushy. You know, I could end up with a bunion because of her. <coughs> my aunt had a bunion and she had surgery. Man, that was a disaster. She was on crutches for six weeks. How would I get back to New Zealand if I was on crutches? Whoa. And we go into this whole proliferation. 
On the other hand, if we're able to just stay with the physical sensations and the feeling tone, we might just know, yep, numbness, pressure, hardness, aching, unpleasant, unpleasant, moment of relief, numbness again, unpleasant. And it just keeps the whole thing at a much more manageable level. When we can't do that, the challenge with these feeling tones is, as I think you've all probably heard, neurons that fire together, wire together. And the more we allow the mind to just run into these grooves of going from pleasant to liking, it often goes to greed. Conversely, if it's unpleasant, not liking, it goes to hatred or aversion. If it's neutral, it goes to spacing out, not knowing, and strengthens ignorance. So you might recognize there those three core afflictive energies of greed, hatred, and ignorance. So these three have such a key role in perpetuating and uh, strengthening dukkha. So coming back to this first noble truth of dukkha, if we can learn how to recognize feeling tone, we can save ourselves from adding a whole pile of extra dukkha and at the same time be deconditioning the pathways in the mind that go into greed, hatred and delusion and also strengthening the pathways in the mind that lead to ease, to calm, to equanimity, to peace, non-reactivity, and so on. So this morning I'd like to explore this quality of feeling tone in the meditation, and I'd like to do it in the posture of standing. So we've been talking about how there are four, Gil called them noble meditation postures, sitting, standing, walking, lying down, And standing is often used just as an antidote to sleepiness and to physical discomfort, but it's also a whole practice in its own right. So what we'll be doing is starting off standing, if that's available to you, it is optional. And before you even do that, I'll give you an overview. I know there's a lot of pleasant feeling tone for some, or perhaps unpleasant for others. What I'm going to do is do this quite formally. You don't have to stand for the entire time. What I'm going to do is ring a bell at five-minute intervals. And the invitation is, if you can, to wait until the bell rings before you decide whether to continue standing or to sit back down. If there's something really intense happening, you can sit down at any time, it's fine. But if you'd like to just explore that quality of feeling tone, I invite you to wait for those five-minute bells. This is not about pushing pain, so you don't get extra credits for standing for the whole time. You don't get demerits if you sit down after two minutes. It's really an invitation for you to listen to your own body, to listen to the feeling tones, to listen to the any reactions that might come up, and just decide for yourself when it's appropriate to sit if you choose to do that. So remembering this continuity of mindfulness, I'm going to invite you to very slowly 
mindfully come to standing and see if you can notice all the micro movements that happen as you shift your posture from sitting to gently coming to standing. And if your balance is okay, you might experiment with letting the eyes close. Otherwise, letting the eyes be just gently open and the gaze soft and downward. And straight away you might notice perhaps some pulses of reaction in the mind, perhaps of liking, not liking, perhaps just neutral. Whatever reactions there may be, just inviting them to be in the background. And bring your awareness to that felt sense of the whole body standing. Beginning by simply standing and knowing that you're standing. Bringing awareness to the whole body to begin with. Not focusing anywhere in particular. But just noticing a field of sensations. (coughs) Perhaps sensations of pulsing or tingling. Robbing, itching, aching, perhaps slight swaying, perhaps noticing some of the micro movements in the feet and the legs help us to stay upright. And as you continue to just receive this ever-changing flow (coughs) of sensations, you might notice that some of them register as slightly pleasant. (coughs) Not overthinking or analyzing, but just noticing that basic recognition of any sensations that might be somewhat pleasant. Perhaps the softness of the clothing against the skin 
registers as pleasant. Perhaps the relaxing of the shoulders with each out-breath registers as pleasant. Just taking a few moments to notice whatever in your experience right now might have a feeling tone of somewhat pleasant. Another moment the bell is going to ring and you can make a choice whether to continue standing or to sit down. If you choose to sit down, I invite you to do it very slowly, carefully, mindfully. And whether you're sitting or standing, you might notice whether there were any particular feeling tones that led you to decide to continue standing or to sit. Was there any kind of reaction to any feeling tone? Or was it simply a response? And noticing now in this flow of different sensations in the body, beginning to bring awareness now to any that might register as somewhat unpleasant. And seeing if you can know them as simply unpleasant. without letting the mind roll into some kind of reactivity of disliking, not wanting or resisting. So simply tuning in and recognizing any aspects of your experience right now that might be somewhat unpleasant. Perhaps the sound of my voice Perhaps sensations of pressure in the soles of the feet. Perhaps some pulses of itchiness somewhere in the body. What's it like to simply know these unpleasant sensations as unpleasant. Unpleasant feeling tone is like this. 
times we might notice a mental reaction to the unpleasantness. And we might experiment with noticing unpleasant feeling tone in the mind. Agitation. Resistance. Whatever it might be. Staying present to the physical sensations in the body and the pulses of knowing unpleasant feeling tone from time to time. Another moment the bell is going to ring again and you have another choice to make. Before you make that choice, see if you can notice the role of Vedana or feeling tone in that choice. Is there some sense of being pushed away from unpleasant physical sensations? or pulled towards the anticipation of pleasant sensations when sitting down. If you're sitting, you're also welcome to change to standing. If you change posture again, to do it as fully and mindfully as you can. posture or the same one, connecting once more with the flow of physical sensations and perhaps noticing a subtle change in the quality of feeling tone. Perhaps there's a greater proportion now of slightly unpleasant feeling tone or perhaps the opposite. and increasing the amount of pleasant feeling tone. And then refining the mindfulness even further now to begin to notice neutral feeling tone, connected with neutral physical sensations. Perhaps The temperature of the air in the room is neutral. 
perhaps the moments of silence between my speaking is neutral. Perhaps there are areas of the body where there are not a lot of physical sensations. What's happening in the earlobes, for example? Or the inside of the elbow? Just gently scanning through the body beginning to bring awareness to areas where there's perhaps not a lot going on. Sensations that are neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Because neutral is, by definition, neutral, it's often much easier just to disconnect from experience, to not stay present to it. So each time you realize that the attention has slipped away, with a smile you can simply begin again. Gently scanning through the body and seeing if you can bring awareness to sensations that register as neutral. Again, in a moment, the bell's going to ring. And this time I invite everyone to change to sitting for just a few more minutes. And again, before you move, noticing any pulse of feeling tone and perhaps any response in the mind of liking, disliking, or not knowing. Slowly, mindfully, returning to sitting. And then taking a moment now to notice what's present in the body, the heart, the mind, this ever-changing flow of experiences and the ever-changing flow 
of feeling tones. If you notice the mind compounding into reactivity, seeing if you can come back to just that simple knowing of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. throughout the day today without getting into too much analysis or thinking about it you might just gently begin to notice particularly when there's been some kind of reactivity some movement into the terrain of greed or of hatred aversion or of spacing out ignorance see if you can notice how that chain reaction came into being. We can see how automatically, almost instinctively, pleasant goes to liking, goes to greed, to preferring, unpleasant, to not liking, to aversion, and so on. And we can see that even in the hierarchy of meditation that I talked about the other day, how we often have this very strong preference for some people for sitting and resistance to walking and then the rest of the day is just filler in between the sittings. So we're really encouraging you to try to let go of preferences and to have that even continuity of mindfulness, whatever posture you're in, 
sitting, standing, walking, lying down. So we've had a few questions about the walking meditation, so Oren's going to offer us a few more uh, pointers for the walking meditation. Thank you. There's a lot of emphasis on walking in the suttas. If you read the early texts, there are many stories about the monks do and the nuns doing walking meditation. And in the Thai forest tradition, which uh, I've practiced in quite a lot, um, it's also a huge tradition of uh, walking. Mm, one can get enlightened walking very deep insight while walking. Longpur Liam, who's the abbot of Wat Bapong, took over from Ajahn Chah, writes about his own awakening experience and uh, walking for many, many hours the evening of his, of his awakening. I hated walking meditation when I first started practicing. It seemed like the most boring, pointless, stupid way to spend time <laughs> pacing back and forth. And I got so contorted in my mind trying to figure out what I was doing and why and would I stop at this step or that step and who knew and did it even matter. The Buddha talked about, oh, there's a one sutta where he talks about the benefits of walking meditation. It's, it brings energy, it strengthens concentration, it's good for digestion. So one of the one of the best walking meditation instructions I ever received on my first meditation retreat was drop the word meditation. Just walk. Just walk. What a gift to be able to walk. <laughs> 
there will come a time for each of us when we won't be able to walk. So Thich Nhat Hanh says to kiss the feet with your earth, uh, kiss the earth with your feet as you walk, to bring that level of care and presence and connection to each step on the planet. So just even contemplate that, that we're walking on this planet. So walking in a track back and forth, there's a very specific reason why we do that rather than saying to just take a walk. When we're walking on a path back and forth, it's pretty clear that we're not going anywhere. So walking meditation is a practice of arriving in each moment, arriving here and now. Again, Thich Nhat Hanh says to walk like a free person, free from the past, free from the future. I've come to really love walking meditation. It can be so joyful or just easeful. So our bodies were designed to walk a lot. They say evolutionary biologists say we're supposed to walk, you know, 10,000 steps, about five miles a day. Our bodies want to walk. They like that movement. And so um, just walk, just feel the movement, feel the rhythm, feel the changing sensations and the shifting and the, the syncopation of the shoulders and the hips and the arms. One of our colleagues, Greg Scharf, likes to say, mindful at any pace. So you don't have to walk in this super slow way. That can happen when the mind slows down. You naturally want to walk in that pace. Uh, but just to just start just walking at a normal pace and just allow your, your awareness to settle into the body, to disengage from the realm of thinking and planning and worrying and to just rest the attention in the body in those sensations of movement. When you get to the end of your walking track, just stop, stop and just stand. Let everything go, nothing to do, nowhere to go. You don't have to succeed or get it right, just standing and feel the weight of the body. Feel the contact with the earth. It's just like an island of, of peace in the madness of the mind. Just stand for a moment. Ah, just standing. And then when you're ready to turn, notice the intention to turn. Notice turning. And then again, standing. Let everything come to rest. So walking is a very flexible practice. Jill mentioned... I don't know if it was yesterday or two days ago now, that you know you can be mindful of just the sensations in the soles of the feet, one step at a time. But you can also, you could be mindful of the, of the legs, just the movement of the legs. You can be mindful of the whole body, feeling the whole body walking and all of those sensations. So see if you can relax into it. Uh, another one of my, my teachers used to say, continuity of the practice is the secret of success. So we have this amazing opportunity here in this beautiful place, in this gorgeous day, to devote to cultivating these qualities of clarity and wisdom and kindness and patience. 
So it's practice all day long, being awake. And the walking is a wonderful way to, to strengthen those qualities. It's also, um, of all of the practices that we do here, the yogi jobs and the walking are probably the ones that transfer into your life most easily. So like Jill was saying, that pyramid, that hierarchy, to, to think about either 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 it's flat or it's the other way around, that those those in-between times are the most important because those are the times that we're actually learning how to be present in the flow of our activities in just being normal going through our day. So we're ending a little early this morning, this session, so you can feel free to continue sitting for a while. Um, when, uh, when we close in a few moments, if you like, you can walk. And really enjoy, enjoy your walking and enjoy your practice. Doesn't need to be a heavy, hard thing. When you're present, be present. When you're not, don't worry about it. <laughs> as soon as mindfulness returns, you just start again. So let's sit together for a few more moments and just let the words settle. <laughs> 